following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. everybody and welcome to another episode at the fit fighter podcast the podcast gem of inspirational fitness talk i am your host fellow fitness goer tj williams give you the insider of my fitness journey also discussing and analyzing certain fitness fitness-based subjects and highlighting individuals in the that are involved in fitness past present and future all right ladies and gentlemen we finally made it to super bowl weekend all right, so we're down to two teams. We got the L.A. Rams. Of course, they are previous um, Super Bowl champions back in 1999. Of course, when they were St. Louis Rams versus um, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are yet to get their first Super Bowl title. And, of course, everybody's excited, you know, to get their parties ready. Big screen TV. And, of course, they get their parties going. And, of course, the bar is going to be packed. And, of course, you got those certain individuals that save their money um throughout the year to actually go to Super Bowl. Uh, of course, I won't have that pleasure. <laughs> I know it's extremely expensive. <laughs> all right. So all that aside, um, I'd like to introduce him to my guest of this week. Uh, of course, um, he's uh, pretty much a good friend of mine because definitely I've seen him pretty much progress throughout the years, trained in martial arts. Of course, he's done bodybuilding, powerlifting, and of course, uh, yeah, he's definitely been on a mission since I've known him. So I'd like everybody to uh, say hello to Paul Emick that's joining me today. All right. So, hello, Paul. How you doing? I'm doing good, TJ. How are you, man? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty much been, um, been busy, busy this whole week. I mean, really, it's, well, this week went by fast. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. So, well, yeah, just to give you a little background, uh, I mean, like you said, we've known each other for quite a long time. You've seen my journey progress, and, uh, you know, I've been involved in quite a few things over the years. Um, you know, going back from the very, very beginning, uh, you know, we were both involved, you're still actively, but uh, through martial arts for at a young, young age, and did that for, for a long time. Uh, you know, I got my first degree of black belt. A little behind you. (laughs) You know, not long after that, uh, got into bodybuilding. Uh, In high school, I was (laughs) pretty small. Uh, As a junior in high school, I was only 130 pounds. Uh, Like a lot of us had kind of self-confidence issues. Got into bodybuilding, um, competed in that and won my weight class and overall shifted into powerlifting and, uh, over my course of uh, competitive powerlifting, I competed in five different weight classes, um, broke many state American and the world record at, at one point in, in my weight class, at least. And uh, I've done some other things too, from, uh, I've never done a full marathon, but half marathon, Spartan racing, uh, strongman too. So, um, 
you know, have a pretty wide range of different training styles and different things. I like to like to have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's like a lot of accomplishments. Uh, of course, we're going to go back in time, back to like before everything started. So that's pretty much my first question. So how would you describe yourself before you got to everything? So, you know, we got into martial arts at a pretty young age. And part of the reason I think I liked that I was a husky kid when I was younger growing up and uh, anyone who was a little overweight or I love the term husky because that's how those jeans always came. Uh, we had that special, uh, special fitting there. You know, I got made fun of in school a lot and, you know, kind of brushed things off. A lot of us have been there, but it definitely uh, had a long lasting impact on, on confidence and things like that. So uh, progress into my teenage years. I ended up dropping some weight in an unhealthy fashion just uh, by not eating, essentially. And like I said, when I was in high school, uh, I was the same height I am now, 5'11", at a, you know, 130 pounds, which is definitely on, on the lighter end. I didn't like being made fun of. So uh, I actually, as a New Year's resolution is when I first started going to the gym. Uh, wanted to start doing whatever I could to get in shape. And I was a New Year's resolution person. And here I am. Uh, it's been 18 years. Uh, yeah, it's been exactly 18 years uh, this past New Year's since we've been doing it. And uh, fell in love anyone who gets the iron bug uh, for various reasons, but, you know, being self change and um, see yourself progress in ways like that really is such a powerful tool to not solely, but to help overcome a lot of these, uh, you know, insecurities or psychological issues that you might have. And I think, it's definitely one of the best things anyone can do for themselves is get involved in some type of fitness. You're physically going to feel better. You get to watch your body change. You are in control of your life. Tell me what's better than that, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I pretty much can relate that, like, you know, I didn't like getting picked on when I was in school. You know, I was that husky, like you said, you know. <laughs> I didn't even was too committed. Well, I could say I was athletic. Of course, um, I was still that husky size when I started martial arts. And of course, um, I wasn't really committed to actually getting the fitness. You know, I was that person that was um, so hooked on that guilty pleasure. I kind of call that like, that's, that's the thing. People are so hooked on them eating junk food and pizza and all that stuff. I mean, I still do that stuff, but I'm, I don't overdo it. But I mean, right. Yeah, but yeah, and I can see that um, there was have to be some type of confidence builder there. So from there, and you know, there's a lot of things you do to at least lift your confidence. Like you said, you started in fitness. You said that was your New Year's resolution. That that was like that was should I say that's your push in the fitness? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely had to make the change. I did what a lot of people do is just okay. We're gonna set this date and we're gonna do it, but um. You know, you realize when you need to make a change for the better and 
You are in control of all these things. The world can be crazy. You can have, if people are making fun of you, you know, job pressures, life, there's a lot of things that are out of your control, but your reaction to those and your control of yourself is what can really make or break the quality of your life. And the stronger you get at building the foundation for that psychologically to you know, go for all of those different aspects of that, you can turn your life around. And that's, it's, you know, whether you call it part of your life, a lifestyle, like, and I know, you know what I'm talking about. There's the gym isn't a hobby, you know, fitness. It's, it's, it's become who I am. I don't know any other way because of all these wonderful things that it does for you. Yeah, definitely. And I know what sometimes when people get into fitness, you know, you have that like health scare, you know, say people like have like hypertension, which I had to deal with. Um, You know, I'm still dealing with it right now, but, you know, I'm still working out, just trying to avoid that my blood pressure going skyrocket. So I know people going to the gym just to prevent any type of health issues. And uh, the thing that really kind of gets me when I don't know if it's still on. Well, I don't think Biggest Loser is still on, though, but no. But that was oh. like that. Yeah, I don't think that show is on. But I know there's the show 600-pound life. You know, yeah, I watch that show, and I just look at look at people that are just, I don't know. It's just kind of devastating looking like how big they got. And, you know, they're trying to change their life. But, you know, it's hard for them to even do it because, you know, they are pretty much, should I say, kind of, could have say I don't know how you could put it, but um, they're unable to get to that point or lose weight. But you know they try. It, it, it it's hard sometimes, especially when you have you know so many years of unhealthy habits where there it's you know been well proven that there's physiological things that happen in your body with the food that you eat, with your mental state, you really. While we can't appreciate anyone in that complete level of um, <laughs> unhealthiness, if you, yeah. if you want, but it's it's got to be hard, and that's where I mean nobody wants to live a poor quality of life. No one, I'm sh- sure, none of them like feeling the way they feel. But there comes a point where you need to have the discipline whether you want to or not to be able to commit to something and stick to something where, you know, I was someone for a long time that was always big into motivation. Well, what's your motivation? What's your body you want to achieve? What do you want to lift in the gym and everything else? And, you know, never forget your why, what is your why? Which I think these are all still very, very valid things, but let's be real. And this is applicable in every aspect of life. There are days where you're just tired. There are days where, yeah, you want that body. Yeah, hey, it's leg day. I know you like squatting and deadlifting. It's the same with me. Like, you know, but man, there's some days you just, you're sore, you're tired. You had a bad day at work. You just, you know what you want to say? Forget it. But whether you want to or not, there's certain things that if you want to achieve whatever this goal is, that you have set for yourself, 
you got to have the discipline to do it. Whether you're in the mood, whether you're tired, sometimes that's, that's just it. And it takes a long time to be able to build up that mental, that mental strength to have that discipline to do that. Um, that's one of probably one of the most challenging things that people who repeatedly find themselves unsuccessful or yo-yo diet and they'll we all know those people that lose 20, 30 pounds. And then next time you see them, they've gained that back or more. And it's, it's as much mental or more than it is physical with the entire lifestyle, with the training and all that, being able to stick to the diet and being able to have realistic expectations and to be happy with yourself. That's I don't want to get off on a tangent here. That's the last thing I'll say on that, but probably the most important thing that I've learned over the last 18 years of being involved in this is not comparing myself to others, not having, well, having realist, realistic goals and expectations with everything, but to really focus on being just the best, happiest version of me, not picking out some crazy diet that's supposed to get you jacked and shredded and you're going to be miserable and feel like garbage, (laughs) not anything else, but to really just find out what is the best thing for me and to focus on me. So if I'm not as lean as that guy on Instagram right now, do I need to be, do I need to follow that diet and be unhappy with myself and miserable, which is going to impact my work life, my family life and everything else. It's all in your head, man. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of can relate, you know, you're trying not to be the next, um, like what I say, I, I can't even name all the bodybuilders. There are like, you can't be the next, um, I, I'm going to come up with a name that you can't be the next Jillian Michaels. You can't be the next John Cena. You can't be the next, uh, Dwayne Johnson, the rock. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> You just got to be a version of yourself. I mean, that can be the influence of the person that you really look up to. So that's pretty much exactly. how. That's exactly it, man. Yeah. So would you say what what would be your biggest challenge going into fitness? I mean, what what's the hardest thing that you had to deal with? Honestly, kind of circling back a little bit was psychologically with the food. Um, when I first started, I jumped head first into off the deep end into a very typical bodybuilding um, routine from the training, which was awesome. I love the challenge. Like one of the most fun things for me, even when you have those grueling workouts is when sometimes you can't walk the next day or yeah. you're sore. I love the challenge like that. That's fun to me. The thing that I had a hard time with in retrospect, I I never should have gone like this, but a lot of people do. And it messes with a lot of people was that typical chicken and, you know, brown rice and broccoli type of diet and don't cheat. And you have to be super strict if you're going to be jacked and shredded. And I got into the really bad binge eating as, as a result of it. Um, I couldn't stick to for more than like a week or two that, you know, the diet that I thought I had to be on because this was what you had to do. Uh, 
because that's what everyone did. That's what was the bodybuilders in the magazine, you know, the Jay Cutler and what did Arnold eat and all that stuff and egg whites and all that stuff, which some people say there's nothing wrong with that. And if you like that food, that's great. But when you deprive yourself so much, you get <laughs> the cravings, you're not having fun, you're miserable. And I would end up binging for a couple of days and I would end up gaining like 10 pounds in a matter of a couple of days. Then just like a lot of other people too. Well, now I got to buckle back down even harder and I got to do more cardio because I have to eat like this and lose all this weight. And I went back and forth for, for a long time. Um, and I actually did not see the results I wanted to see that I felt like I should have for probably the first two years of training because I wasn't eating enough because I, you know, was only eating all that stuff. I wasn't eating enough healthy fat, which is also not good for your brain. It's not good for your hormones. I was crashing my body so hard. And as time goes on, you learn, and there's unlimited resources now. There wasn't Instagram or Facebook back then um, yeah. to see how, but as you learn more about nutrition and how you should actually be feeling yourself. And when you're eating optimally, and here's the key thing too, something that I think a lot of people need to change. And this is what helped me overcome a lot of the eating issues. You need to eat to fuel your body. And that's how you have to think of it. There's a time and a place for eating in a deficit. There's a time and a place for being more strict if you are competing in something. But a lot of these super strict regimens are not physically or psychologically healthy for the average person to keep doing on a, just a regular basis because of all of those things. You're depriving yourself of all these nutrients. If you focus on... I need to make sure I eat the right kinds of carbs and enough carbs to fuel my workouts and recover. I need to have enough protein to repair and build muscle. I need enough fat for cellular health, for brain health. You need some dietary cholesterol in your <laughs> diet for hormones, your omega fats and everything like that for for health and you're going to feel better and you're going to work out harder and you're going to recover better. And it's just going to keep building and building. And then your metabolism is going to get higher. You're going to build more muscle. You're going to get leaner as it goes anyway. And a lot of us have found this through trial and error, but um, man, that's so many people still go through a lot of those other things. And that's, the biggest thing that I think holds it held myself back and holds a lot of people back changing your, your mentality and your view on food for your body. And so many other things are really just going to fall into place so much easier. And your quality of life is going to be so much better. Yeah. I can re relate to that. When I started my fitness journey back in 2009, of course, um, you know, you had the health scare and like I was telling you about my blood pressure. So Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was like really committed to going to the gym. Just like I was as soon as after the doctor's office, I rushed right to the gym. And the first machine I like to go on is the elliptical. Because, you know, really, yeah, I can't go on a treadmill. And, you know, you know how it gets messed up your knees a lot. 
Mm-hmm. So I love the elliptical. I mean, I think that really helped me throughout my journey. And you no, know, the one thing I hate about um, that was during my journey, I don't know, I went down south with my father. And of course, throughout the whole trip, I ended up constantly eating because I couldn't work out because they, they didn't have no gym in the hotel. We had we, we was in a bad hotel. And I hated it. I mean, holes in the wall, flies all over the place. I mean, we got the cheapest hotel. I mean, we could have got something expensive so I could go to the gym. But, you know, I was on that trip. I didn't know. I kind of came back home and just like I was the weight that I lost kind of came back. And I was like, man. But, you know, from there, I kind of kept I kind of kept committed to my workout. And, you know, I went from going down to at least some, say, 230 pounds, then down to like um, 180 so that pretty much helped me with my, you know, that's the thing when you go to the doctor, you want the doctor have a big smile on his face. So for them, for that, throughout my journey, throughout the three months, and I got down to that weight, you know, I um, got a smile out of my um, face as well as my doctor gave me a good handshake. And I was like, yes, I did it. So that was a wonderful journey. I remember uh, seeing like, I didn't see a lot during that point, but every time I saw you or saw a picture, it just it was like a, almost a different person <laughs> every yeah. time. Yeah, it was impressive. Yeah, I was like a, almost like a stick, but you know, I was like I had muscles coming out, abs, and that's something that I was really looking to have. But you no, know, but yeah, and I started doing things that I could never got to do. You know, go out running outside, and yeah, you said you did a marathon or a half marathon, right? Yeah, I, it was a half marathon. Yeah, I think I'm going to go for that at least this year. I mean, so far, I ran 10 miles um, last summer. So I can at least, if I can run three more miles, that'd be half marathon. You're already, yep. <laughs> yeah, so that pretty much almost took me two hours to do that um, 10-mile run. So definitely, I know that's mostly two to three hours um, event, right? You, Yeah, I think... Uh... <sighs> I finished, it was just over two hours and my time was okay. I mean, I, I trained for about three weeks for it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The average speed, right around that two hour mark. Yeah. Oh, I know there's one person, um, your cousin, um, um, Samantha. Yeah. I know she does she, like a, oh yeah. She's an animal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I like to get her on the show too. Like really like. I know she's been on a journey as well as bodybuilding, as well as um, competing in um, even um, the Iron Man and the Tough Mudder. Yeah, that's a yeah. She's impressive, um, and that's you know stuff like that is how. And this isn't to take away from anything um, or or anyone, I should say. It if you're focused on, and a lot of people are focused on one sport, and that's that's great. Um, you should always train hard specifically for that sport and do the best that you can at that. Some people like, well, Samantha's a perfect example where she's very, <laughs> she's been extremely successful and has a, you know, phenomenal physique. Um, and she's a, a trained so hard, the endurance stuff, like the tomorrow, the running to be able to be as, well-rounded and successful at these different things that's impressive that takes a very strong body but a very strong mindset too to be able to 
you know, endure and change and be smart with your training to, to do all that. She's impressive. Yeah. I know I did like a couple of five K's back in the day. I mean, I know I still got a medal from like the last five K I did. So I might have to do another one. So, I mean, I'm pretty good with five K's cause I always form like past five miles anyway, or yeah. Yeah. So that was one. All right. So of course you are, your goal, you got into like, you got yourself um, on the right track. So that was your one goal. So what would your, be your ultimate goal? So I'm where I'm heading now, um, similar to you. So, you know, after I was bodybuilding, I got into powerlifting and I, I feel like I did pretty good there. I mean, I was able to break a lot of records and, and things like that. I had a lot of fun, but I got well over 300 pounds in my heaviest. I was competing in the super heavyweights and I'm not a, I'm not a big guy. <laughs> so I'm not built like that. And like you were saying with the health scare, um, my blood pressure was out of control. Um, medication wasn't doing anything. I had bad sleep apnea. Um, I was purple all the time because my blood pressure was so high. Like I was in, I was strong, but I was so unhealthy and, you know, I, I'm God bless my wife. Um, you know, she (laughs) put up with that for a little while, but I kind of got to the point where it's, what's the point in being strong if you're dead? Because my blood pressure was so out of control. I went to the cardiologist one time and I, almost laughed when she took my blood pressure and she looked right at me and said, I'm not laughing. This is not funny. At any point you could have a heart attack. You could drop right now. And that makes you kind of step back and, you know, reassess things and, you know, slowly started coming down in weight and fast forward, you know, five or six years after that, (sighs) I'm 36 years old right now. And I am by far in the best shape of my life. Um, I'm not the strongest I've ever been, but I'm, I'm pretty lean right now. I'm still relatively strong. My endurance, my flexibility is great. I, I ran like within the last month, went for a six mile run. I deadlifted over 700 pounds two weeks after that. Um, I want to be, the most well-rounded um, warrior athlete, we'll call it, um, <laughs> or as long as I can. Where um, I was trying to think of the other term, uh, gas station ready. At any point in time, if I have to, I need to be able to, you know, heaven forbid something happens, I'm out with my daughter. If I need to pick up my daughter and run to safety a mile carrying her. I need to be in shape and do that. If I need to lift something up, I need to be strong enough. I want to be the most athletic body that I can be. And, um, you know, to be able to continue to have a certain base strength level as I get into my forties and fifties and still be able to do full range pause squats and, you know, pull ups. Uh, 
I'm not quite at a muscle up yet. That's been a goal of mine for a while, but I'm almost there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just want to keep getting better with age because that's the other thing. Like, you know, too, the longer you stick with this lifestyle, you can continue to get better and better and better. And I know that, you know, five years from now, my overall strength level and endurance level and everything will be better than I am now even though I'll be over 40 years old and that's going to help me live a long life. So I can be here for my daughter, for my wife and just live the best quality of life that I can, man. And that's to me, I'll have everything at that point. If you have your health, you have your family and you know, you don't have anything, you're not on medications, you can get around good. I'm happy with that, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's always best to think about your family because, you know, you want to be there for them. And of course, um, mm-hmm. of course, I don't have a daughter yet. Or I don't have a daughter, but I know I have uh, two nieces. You know, I think of them as my daughters. You know, I got my oldest niece. I'm glad that I got to see her take karate for, I mean, even though she don't take it anymore. But, you know, I had an opportunity to watch her do her class. And I'm just looking yep. at myself as this I was hoping that she'd be a black belt by now, but no, it's, it'd probably be a dream, but you know, that's good to actually see her do martial yeah. arts. Yeah. I noticed that's the same with your daughter. She's uh, taking martial arts as well. Yeah. Yep. And she loves it too. She'll tell you what, she's actually brought me to my knees a couple of times and she's oh. not even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Of course, you got your ultimate goal. Of course, who would you say you look up to when you're on your journey? You know that at different stages in my life, I've definitely had, like when I was bodybuilding, uh, Jeff Willett is who I looked up to. Uh, Jeff Willett was a natural bodybuilder who got his IFBB Pro card. So without the use of drugs or anything like that. He got to the, the top, top level there. I'm um, just showing you that if you train hard enough and you are disciplined enough, you can achieve those kind of things. Um, Donnie Thompson is someone who, when I was powerlifting, he was the first person ever to break the 3000 pound total in powerlifting. So, you know, between squat, bench and deadlift, he squatted, I think it was 1,265 pounds bench pressed 950 and deadlifted seven in change, like to, to hit that 3000 mark. And like, that's breaking history. I mean, you know, he, in his career, you know, had a lot of firsts like that. And that's, you know, I'll be the first one to admit, not everyone, not all the time, but a lot of power lifters. I was 100% in that uh, category for a while. You can kind of be a meathead. Um, I definitely was for a bit. And it was, life was lifting at that point. And the bigger, the better. You got to chase that because that's everything else. But that was impressive. Um, Right now, with where I'm at mentally, and this might sound kind of cheesy and I don't mean it to, but I look up to myself. Um, There's a lot of fantastic athletes out there. There's a lot of people I follow. 
online. Um, there's a lot of people that I still look to for, you know, for motivation before your workouts. I still watch videos and stuff like that sometimes before you go to the gym, just because it does amp you up. But kind of like what we were saying before, um, you, I want to be the best version of myself in the best father and the best husband and be here for the best I can be. And I've seen what I've done and the changes I've made physically and mentally and how much that's impacted my life. And I, I'm not where I want to be yet. You know, we all, if you're never striving to improve, you're stepping backwards, but I'm happy with where my life is heading right now. And I'm excited just to continue to keep working more towards that. Um, I know it sounds kind of lame, but that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> I mean, I felt like I accomplished my goal, of course, getting the fitness. Of course you, I went from actually being a fitness goer to being a fitness instructor, which that's kind of yeah. like, that was, that felt like an envy. Cause you know, I see all these instructors, like, just teaching class and, you know, you got these participants that see me work out and they're like, like a surprise that I can do all this stuff. And then they ask me when, when I'm going to teach. And then it was right there that um I see like most of my friends that I usually work out with, they become instructors. And then from there, it's like, that's it. I had to do this. So it kind of led to me becoming a Miss Mills body combat instructor. So yep. yeah. Cause of course that fit with my martial arts background and, you know, yeah, that two year, that two mom day training. I mean, that was amazing. Right. Yeah. And of course, um, I'm going to have my, um, trainer or my instructor definitely that, um, two day training. I'm going to interview her, interview her. So definitely get her background. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, yeah. So that's, so yeah, I'm definitely trying to track down a lot of good people. Yeah. So, so far I got one person that's from overseas, um, international as she's also a power lifter too. So awesome. I'll be I'll be interviewing her soon. So definitely I'll give you a heads up on that. <laughs> no, definitely. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. All right. So with powerlifting. So if I was to get into powerlifting, what what would be like the first thing you would tell me, like compete wise? Yeah. So there's there's definitely different methods or different training. Uh, programs that you can kind of adopt, you know, for powerlifting. My preference and what I think works best for most people, not everyone, no matter what you always need to, sounds cliche, but it's true. You need to listen to your body and do what works best for you. Just because Westside Barbell does the conjugate method and they have collectively some of the strongest people in the world. And the science backs this up and that up and whatever, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Um, so you should always give a good program a try, but if it's not working, don't do something if it's not working. But um, I'm a really big fan of the conjugate system from Westside Barbell because to lift heavy weight, you need to be strong. But you also need to be quick and be able to move with a lot of force. So conjugate training kind of splits your days up into either a max effort day 
or a, a speed day. So you have two upper body days, two lower body days um, on your upper body max effort day. You're going to do some variation of a bench press uh, for, you know, a heavy one, maybe two reps. Um, and that variation will be different from week to week on your dynamic day. And there's different percentages and methods um, to kind of go with on that. But for example, let's say you, your max bench right now is 400 pounds. You might only take 200 pounds on that volume day or speed day and you're only going for sets of three to five but you're trying to move that 200 pounds as fast as you can trying to throw that bar up to the ceiling so you can not just physically but get your nervous system more acclimated to firing faster so over time when you're doing three sets of a wide grip bench as fast as you can, three sets of a competition grip, then three sets of a narrow grip with relatively low rest periods. And you're building up that volume and that speed and increasing that force production that will translate over into your heavy sets too. So on your next max effort day or over the course of a couple, three week waves, you're going to be able to produce more force. So you might start with a 400 pound bench press after two, three week waves, you might already be up to a 325 or a 330 or 425, 430, just because your shoulders now can be tighter and your nerves are firing faster. And you can just, you have that better mind to muscle connection and actual physiological connection too. The same thing goes for your lower body days. Um, a lot of different ways to structure it, whether it's a squat or a deadlift variation. I'm a big fan of good mornings too. If you do a good morning, right, it will get you stronger than almost anything. Um, but having a heavy one or two rep max effort on one day. And then what the standard protocol would be is like 10 sets of doubles, uh, whether it be a Again, squat or deadlift, the reverse of what you did on your heavy day, trying to move quickly in between sets. So again, you build up that force. The faster you can move a 500-pound deadlift, the easier that 700-pound deadlift is going to move or that 800-pound squat. Um, and then focusing on the supplemental and accessory movements, so your main movements the volume is definitely cut down in a powerlifting workout pretty much no matter how what program you're following. Because you're lifting heavier loads, working on high force production, you can burn out really quick. So you can't do as much volume as you would with a hypertrophy workout or standard volume training because you're, you won't recover and then you can get hurt. Yeah. Um, so if you squat heavy... And then your supplemental movement is going to be a good morning in the three to five rep range for a couple sets. You might do a couple sets of leg curls, a couple sets of abs, and maybe a couple sets of barbell rows. And that's it. You're done. Your workouts won't take that long because what you're doing while you're there is going to be so demanding. Um, 
And I kind of said before with the three week waves, you know, no matter what program you're following, you need to have that increase from week to week. So if you work at on your speed days, 50% one week and then 55% the next week and then 60% the week after that, then you would take a deload week, let your body rest and recover, and then go back and do another three-week wave. And progress isn't always linear. It doesn't always work out 100% like this, but theoretically and most of the time, you'll have the waves where you'll progress, you take a week off and then go up and up. So as long as you're training smart and not doing too much volume and you actually deload on those the weeks when you need to, most of the time you shouldn't hit too many plateaus if you're training smart. And that's the hardest thing I had because especially in powerlifting, you want to go, you know, nuts to the wall as as hard as you can all the time, but that's how you'll get hurt. I there were uh, this happened a couple of times where I was a week out from a competition and I was so overtrained. And even though it was a week out, I should have just went in and got some blood flowing. I was pushing too hard and I hurt myself on a light day five or six days before a competition. Oh that's silly um so <laughs> listen to your body and make sure recovery nutrition and recovery are the two biggest things that will set you back um no matter what you're doing yeah. but yeah yeah I know. yeah i know when of course when i had my wrestling shows you know i had to messed up my knee i mean i have to i honestly have to rest it out before i start working out again you know definitely would like bodybuilding, like wrestling is just, uh, definitely intense. You know, I don't, ma- I don't plan on making it to the majors. You know, I'd be lucky enough if I get involved in super injury, super indies, you know, but, you know, if I had that opportunity to at least have one match and I mean, I'm going to take it, but from there, I'll just do whatever I can. I'll just stick to in the independent wrestling because I got more freedom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So with your bodybuilding, um, how many competitions that you do, like say a year, probably? So, um, only actually, so my first comp, well, actually my, my only competition, I've only actually competed, uh, once in bodybuilding, um, had plans on a couple other ones, but I ended up getting derailed and then got into powerlifting right after that. Um, so I won, uh, the heavyweight, well, I was in the heavyweight division. I won my weight class and the overall in that first competition. Um, and then I was planning on, I was, I was prepping for another one. And I can't remember if it was, I think it was like a back tweak. Some, it wasn't even a major, major, um, injury i got like i pulled something i tweaked something and i decided at that point that the constant depletion and the like being solo on calories it wasn't fun anymore um who doesn't like to look good bodybuilding is a a lot of people make fun of it it's a very demanding it's a very challenging sport um you know, it doesn't have the notoriety or fame or anything 
you know, whether it be the IFBB, NPC, or local level that a lot of other sports do, but it's very hard. It's a 24 hour a day thing between training and nutrition. And uh, again, kind of back to what we were saying before with, with all the food and just mentally, I liked the way that I looked. I loved the challenge of the working out, but the, the dieting to me at that point was no longer worth it. And I decided to stop. And uh, every year or two, even now, um, I talked to, I told my wife a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, you know, uh, maybe I should do another one. I'm in pretty good shape right now. It wouldn't take too much to really dial back in and turn it up. But, uh, and I got that stare that, well, <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably not the best idea now um, because of what I know it's going to take, but um, I got off on a tangent there. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Just, it got to the point where I mentally um, didn't, I didn't like feeling like that anymore. And it's nice to look like that. And I respect anyone that does it, but for me, it just, it was kind of like a real quick, no, I, I can't keep doing this to myself. And, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. I know another person that I wanted to talk to, um, Alexa fast. I know. I, I think you know her too. Yeah. 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 You know, definitely. I see how well she progressed. Cause I know, yeah, she started off. Um, of course I know she's how athletic she is. And then of course she started competing, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. I want to get her on the show too. I know she's kind of busy with going back to school, but you know, eventually I'll get get her on the show. Yeah, I think uh, she'd be great too. I, you know, a um, long time ago, back actually, like in the bodybuilding days, and right as I was getting into powerlifting, um, she was always there when um, I when I was training with kind of a regular group of guys. We were just we were always there at the same time, and you know, we were progressing with our stuff. She's very athletic and she's real driven too. Like, like you said, with training, how successful she's been with that whole aspect with her kind of getting everything going with school and stuff like that too. I think there'd be a lot to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. I think I had that Jedi sense about her because, you know, I used to work at tops and I always see her and her mother come in like late. And then from there, I got to know her very well. You know, mm-hmm. I just went up to her while she was playing basketball. This was when during World Gym was around. I think this is yep. like before I was an instructor. You know, I saw her playing basketball and I kind of introduced myself because I know I see her every time at Tops with her mother. And yeah. And then, of course, from there, we became good friends. And, you know, definitely we kind of kind of chat a little bit when she when I see her in the gym. You know, it's definitely she's a wonderful person. You can you can always tell, you know. People like us who are that passionate and just have that drive, like it just, it kind of draws you together. Like you can all, you sense it when you're talking to someone. Yeah. And the great thing I found out about her that she was, um, she was from Las Vegas and definitely that's a city I've been there 11 times. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either until like I saw a profile, and then um, of course, yeah, Las Vegas. I mean, of course, I'm going back there for a couple, couple more years. Like I get my master rank. Yeah, I'm waiting on that for you, man. I can't wait. Yeah, that's that'll be next year. So definitely for this year, <laughs> I'm going to at least check out the master rank induction ceremony, see how that girl goes, and then from there, I plan it. 
for next year. So that's awesome, man. I, I, I'm excited for you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm probably going to go up there, give my black jacket and, you know, just perform in front of Mr. Norris. And, you know, I, def- <sighs> I definitely got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> ah. All right. So what would, what would be your motivational or inspirational quote that you would describe yourself with? Like, can you think of a quote that describes you? I can think of two that really kind of resonate with me. Um, the first one was from my uncle Gary, who he's no longer here. He uh, passed away from cancer uh, a few years ago. And he told me this actually a couple of days before he, he passed. And he looked at me and he said, Polly, if you quit, you're dead. I just kind of stopped and I thought about it. And I'm like, you know, that's something that, I mean, he was in his health situation like that. And we were talking about like, you know, he, he was in the Navy. He was a strong guy and he loved like the powerlifting and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> he always told me, you know, okay, Paula, you're strong. But uh, when I was in the Navy, I deadlifted 750 pounds. So you're not strong until you can beat me. And, <laughs> and when I finally took a long time, but I, I finally did in competition. But um, if you quit, you're dead. If you quit fighting, you're never going to achieve what it is that you're setting out to do. If you quit, you're you're going to have to live with that sense of failure with whatever it is. So if that's professional, if that's your fitness goal, if that's anything, you know, we all fail. Everyone fails at at something from time to time. It's part of human nature, but you get back up and you keep fighting. That's where that motivation comes in. That's where that discipline comes in too. So it might take 10 times longer for you to achieve whatever goal it is that you're trying to get, but you keep fighting. You don't quit. Um, you know, that's something that through lots of different times in my life after that, you know, I think about that all the time, man, you know, this is going on. Sometimes you just want to say, forget it. No, because I'm going to have to live with that for the rest of my life. That's something that I'm going to have to deal with. And that's one of those things I never want to live with regret the best that I can. And if there's something I can do to inch forward, I'm never stop. So that's something don't ever stop fighting for what it is that, you know, you're working towards because you'll, you'll always, you'll always regret that. Um, you know, one other thing that recently one of my good friends, Steve actually said, um, and I, I said before, mentally and psychologically, I think is some of the biggest strengths you can have in fitness, in, in your journey, no matter what it is that you're trying to achieve. And he said, the barbell is not your therapist. Okay. So many of us, and it, I, what he was meaning by that is, and I can attest to this a thousand percent, a lot of us use fitness, the gym exercise as an outlet is a stress relief. And it is one of the best things you can do for that. 
but if you have an issue that you're dealing with, you know, whether it be, okay, I got, let's go back to you and me. You know, when we were younger, wearing those husky pants, getting made fun of, those are things we will never forget that. Exercising and fitness and those hard workouts will help us in times of, you know, sadness or anything else, but you need to look inside yourself. You need to mentally change your outlook and change and adapt your life and your, your mindset sometimes to actually progress where, okay, yeah, you had that hard squat workout. You ran for that 10 miles and okay, I feel better because I'm not you know, upset anymore that I feel fat or I ate that cupcake or whatever it is. But did that actually change what's going on in your head? This is what you have to address to really be able to make those lifelong changes to actually be not just physically look okay, but to, to be okay with yourself. And that's what he was getting at. And just such a short, good way of putting it where you got to put the work in physically, but you got to put the work in mentally too to get to that point where you're happy with yourself. Because until you do that, yeah, you might be in good shape. You're still going to have those insecurities. You need to address things in a proper fashion to be as healthy mentally as you are physically with that. I think that's huge. And that's, I know we already kind of said it a couple of times, but getting your your mind to where you need to be, that's setting yourself up for long-term happiness and success. Yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, for me, I had to deal with my um, ADHD as a kid. You know, that kind of prevent me from being academically, um, like, um, achieving. Of course, um, from now and from there, you know, from doing martial arts, I kind of kind of got me out of my shell a little bit, you know, you know, you can end up being that kid that's like, um, when, of course you're dealing with uh, mental issues. I mean, you go into doing stuff like watch TV, video games. And then of course you don't want to do any activities outside of that, but you know, mm-hmm. I kind of build myself out of that. And uh, from there, you know, I can not worry about my attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. You know, I become more confident, you know, get myself out there and, you know, you you become that person that is like scared to talk to people. Then you would go to that person, go to that person that talks to people, you know. Yeah. So from there, it's like I went from going to not talking to people, then like going to Comic Cons and actually going to see celebrities. You know, I I became like less scared of talking to celebrities. I just go up and say, hi, how you doing? You know, that's how I am now. You know, yeah. I'll tell you I want to go to a comic con with you so bad. Um, I've, <laughs> I've, I've told my wife this and she is on board. She supports it, but um, I really, I I've been looking into a couple different things that I want to do. Um, y- you, you've met so many awesome people. Like I love seeing the pictures of like, Oh my God, there's, there's too many, but man. Um, <laughs> yeah. I save a lot of money too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's probably going to be tough going across that border because of um the the COVID and stuff. But yeah, when eventually, who knows when? But eventually, when things get back to being to operate in a kind of normal level, yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least I won't at least go over there. At least see my nieces. Um, I know I haven't seen them in a while. And of oh, do I, they live over. The- yeah, my brother and my sister in law live in like the Mount Hope area, so I know. Oh, my- I yeah, my brother got married over there, so uh, he's pretty much um got dual citizenship. Uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's I you know I kind of see him like when I do Skype, you know, I see them like um, talk to him. Of course, they got a dog now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm yet to see their dog. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go to our like our hidden gym segment of the um, interview. So this is like going to be a series of questions. Um, that I ask, oh, I know like you probably answered them before, but you know, you can always answer them a second time. So, yeah. yeah. So here's our hidden dojo or hidden, I call it a hidden dojo or hidden gym, hidden, hidden anything. So, all right. So the first question would be the best advice that you ever gotten and who said it? So I had to write it down. Um, yeah. So if, I had heard very similar things before, but, um, you know, my friend Nicole actually got this as a tattoo. It's you versus you. And, you know, kind of like we already talked about, I think the social media and all that stuff is great. I think it's more negative than positive in the fact that people compare themselves too much to, all the photoshopped pictures and all these unrealistic, unattainable goals. It's you against you. You need to do whatever you can do to be the best version of yourself, whatever that may be, because when you put the work in with what you need to do and you see yourself improving, that's how you find true happiness. That's how you're happy with what you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone else looks like or whatever they achieve. You need to do what you need to do for you. And I think if more people focused on that, there'd be a lot more happy people and the world would be a lot better place to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Less arguments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. right. The worst advice you ever gotten. You got to eat big to get big. Yeah. That's, that don't sound like a good advice. So if you're looking, is I'll keep it as short and sweet as I can. If you're looking to build muscle or get stronger or get, you know, anything, your best gains are going to come when you are in a calorie surplus. You, to have your best athleticism, you need to eat some more carbs, you need to eat some more protein. Most research will show that's like two to 300 calories above your maintenance calorie limit. You don't need to eat 5,000 calories a day to get big and strong. To a level, the bigger you are, the stronger you are. That's why I got so big because, you know, when I was 240 pounds, okay, I was stronger than I was at 200. If I gained 10 more pounds, I could squat 20 pounds more. So why don't I gain another 10 pounds? Why don't I gain another 20 pounds? I'm just going to keep eating more. And tell you what, there's a point of diminishing return when 
your blood pressure is not controlled with medication, you get winded going up three flights of stairs and you don't stop sweating all day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't ever think that you need to eat anywhere near that much and get unhealthy because that's just going to end up stepping backwards. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question number three, how would you reward yourself? Of course, I call this a guilty pleasure. You know, what's funny. I'm at a place now where at least from a food perspective, I don't do things like that. Um, because I found for a lot of people think I'm still too strict, but for me personally, I'm in a good spot mentally with the way that I eat where, um, you know, I used to, you know, going back to what we talked about before, where you you have to cheat days and then you end up, well, I died two weeks. Oh my God. So then you end up going off the deep end and then you gain five or 10 pounds and then it's just a vicious cycle. Um, from a food perspective, if I want some candy, I have a sweet tooth. You better believe I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some of that. If I want some cake, I will have it. More often than not, I really just don't even crave that anymore because for me personally, I know how it makes me feel. And I just, I don't even want it. I'd rather eat something more on the healthy end or make a healthier version of something than, you know, divulge too much into that. Um, what I like doing just because I'm, I'm, I'm up at like usually four thirty every morning to get my workouts in with my daughter going to school and working all that stuff. So, um, if I can, I guess my, my indulging is just being lazy. Um, <laughs> it's nice to just get on the couch for two hours uninterrupted, make some smart pop popcorn and just sit back. Just not move. That's, <laughs> that, that's good for me. If I can throw in, if I can put on Avengers Endgame and just watch all the way to the very end, just be lazy for a little bit. That's my happy time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What famous celebrity would you like to work out with? <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> yes, sir. So um, I'm not the biggest wrestling guy in the world. Like I watched it when I was younger. I, um, I, I like wrestling. Um, John, I've always loved John Cena. Um, he, I think we can all agree. He's not the most talented or I don't even want to say talented, but, um, that's definitely not the right word. But when you look at, he's not doing spinning, jumping flips, um, you know, off the ropes or things like that, but he's a hard worker. When you look at him when he was younger with bodybuilding and stuff like that. And, um, um, (laughs) When he, I think he was still considered the prototype when he said this against Kurt Angle, like, you know, what sets you apart from, you know, anyone else? Ruthless aggression and just that will, that, like, I, I will crush you and just that, that hard work ethic. Um, when I did my bodybuilding competition, my routine was 
to his theme song, like full on when I was posing with the you can't see me and everything. And uh, I just think is, you know, he's got that dungeon style training back from the day. Man, that'd be that'd be awesome. I would love to work out with John Cena. <laughs> yeah, I still got to watch Peacemaker. I think I watched a couple episodes. Uh, that oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I watched a couple episodes. I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, <laughs> hey, what is this? Like, yeah, my, I mean, it's a good show, man. Uh, but, you know, of course, I got to watch the other episodes they got on there. But, yeah, I say, yeah, John Cena would probably be somebody to work out with. <laughs> yeah, hustle, loyalty, and respect. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hidden talent. You know what's funny? Um, not to the point of a professional voice actor, and I don't want to embarrass myself right now, but um, I like doing a lot of like like cartoon, what I consider cartoon voice, because I play around with my daughter all the time, make like um, goblin monster stuff. I'm not going to talk slow, I'm just doing like all sorts of different things. And um, <laughs> I enjoy doing stuff like that. I used to, <laughs> almost want to try to get into doing stuff like that I, I would think like voicing a uh, cartoon character would be so much fun <laughs> um but i i'm not gonna say i practice from time to time but i feel like i have kind of a good range of that so that's something that is definitely kind of not you wouldn't look at me or know me and think <laughs> that necessarily but yeah, I enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna raise my hand there because I do voice impersonation. I could pretty pretty much trick people with James Earl Jones because that's like the best voice I can do. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so if you watch some of my um, so I say some of my um Instagram videos or TikTok, you know, I actually do like a impersonation of um James Earl Jones. Yeah. Oh, I gotta check that out. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. It's like mostly from Lion King, Star Wars, or even like other movies. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, I also do like the Mario um voice too. Actually, oh, yeah. actually met the guy that does that um the Mario voice. Yeah. Was that at uh, one of the Comic Cons? Yeah, one of Comic Cons. Uh, I think Charles um Martinez or something, or I think it's that's what his name is. He does like the voice of Mario for video games. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I actually met him twice, of course. The one Comic-Con over in Canada, and of course, um, he was at a Comic-Con in Syracuse, the Retro Game Con. So, he was there, too. Bye. Yeah. So, definitely voice impersonation. Definitely, that's... <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. <laughs> All right. So, if you were in a movie, what kind of movie would you like to be in? I could see myself like something like Rocky. I feel like, um, you know, I don't want to sit here and there's nothing better than an underdog story, no matter how you slice it. And just the whole, the training aspect, I don't care who you are. You hear that music and it just, it amps you up. And like the training montages, like that's something that, Oh, even just thinking about it just kind of gets you going. Like it would definitely be not a huge boxer, but like that style, that type of movie would be hundred percent. That'd be it. 
Yeah, I mean, Rocky Four is probably my favorite Rocky right now. Yeah, yeah. So I, of course, you didn't see the um director's cut they um released um a while back, right? Uh, no, no. Yeah, I actually went to the like the Regal's Theater to actually see the well the one that they were um showing it to. I mean, of course, it's it was all right, but you know, it's not like the original Rocky Four that came out in nineteen eighty five. But you know. I prefer the original one, but you know the the director's cut. You know, it, it's all like it's all right, but you know, it wasn't like the original that that really kind of gave me that drive to actually do working out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's all right. So final question: Ten years from now, physically, ten years from now. I want to be better than I am now. I mean, I think most of us can say that. Uh, kind of like I was saying before, where right now I'm definitely in the best overall shape of my life. Um, I'm not squatting 900 pounds like I was <laughs> in competition before or anything, but um, I'm strong, I'm lean, I'm fast. I, I, I'm in really good shape right now in t- 10 years. I want to something on my list of things to do. Um, I do want to do an Ironman. Um, when lockdown first happened over that summer, I was actually um, running and biking a lot. I was like the whole summer. I was having so much fun. Uh, Saturdays were my long training days. I'd be, I'd be out for hours and hours. So um, I want to just, continue to increase my overall uh work capacity i want to be in better shape at 46 than i am at 36 and um i want you to look at me and just not believe (laughs) what i'm able to do at that point just kind of keep getting better that's that that's all we can do uh definitely Okay, so before we close this out, uh, is there any last-minute words you'd like to tell the listeners out there about fitness or health in general? Focus on your health and everything else will come first. Um, Don't – the worst thing you can do, and I know this from experience, a lot of us do – there's no magic pill. There's no magic diet. There's no magic routine. Time and consistency is what will get you there. I actually just came across this saying within the last couple of days too. And I think it's great. If you're not in the shape that you're in now, you know, it's taking you 10 years to get to this point. If you walk 10 miles into the woods, it's going to take 10 miles to get back. Um, it's going to be a journey. Focus on your health. That's going to increase your longevity. And that's going to increase your love of the process. And it's going to increase your success. Um, I said a bunch of times I'm in the best shape of my life because I'm fueling my body for my workouts. I'm eating more fats now. I'm doing all these things and there's 
over the years, I have had a lot of disordered eating. Um, a, a lot of people do when you get into this. And like we said, from the psychological aspect, you can develop bad eating patterns and bad psychological um, just tendencies like that of under eating, um, starving yourself and things like that. Don't waste any more time doing any of that. Get healthy. The rest will come and just don't stop kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's so. That's definitely a wonderful advice for everybody. You know, just don't want to kill, end up hurt yourself because um you were so eager to get into your goal fast, but when it's a long process, it's a long road in general. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much for joining me um for this um episode of the uh, Fit Fighter. All right. So definitely, I wish you luck for the rest of your journey. So hopefully, you're in the. And that goal once gives you that goal in 10 years, then definitely we'll probably can see you again for another episode if you got another uh, subject to talk about. But, you know, thank you in general for talking, uh, sharing your story. Oh, thank you for having me on. I definitely uh, let's do this again for sure. All right. All right. So I'm going to do this closing. Uh, so for those who are tuning in to this um, episode uh, or in this um, podcast, make sure you tune into previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another session here at the Fit Fighter Gym. And this is your host, TJ Williams, closing the gym now.